So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sunshines. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur After Hours podcast, and I am your host, Christine Campbell-Rappin. I'm on a complete and utter mission to help entrepreneurs make a big difference as they navigate the messy world of startup, growth, reinvention, and the occasional plot twist. Joining me today, we're going to be sitting down with a peer, someone who's going to help share their insights on their journey to help you gain the best practices and strategies that will help you hopefully fast track your business. Today, our guest is Kate Bresford, and I'm really excited to welcome her. She is an educator come executive who lost her job after the GFC job and became a writer. She now has three books in publication and about to launch a sequel. Romance, mystery, young adult were genres that graced her storyline. And she has a no-nonsense book and an approach about social justice issues that she cares about. She is an engaging and passionate speaker and someone that is going to shine the light on what it's like to jump into the world of entrepreneurship. So Kate, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Lovely to chat with you today. I'm excited. So I always want to ask people, you know, particularly your story is, did you imagine or what was the moment where you thought, I think I might start doing something for myself instead of the traditional job route. And I know you're hybriding right now, but take us through the mindset or where you were at. It was like, this isn't such a crazy idea. Start us at the beginning. Okay. Uh, gosh, that goes back quite a few years. Okay. So again, um, as you suggested, I was in education and I think I got to the point where I just decided that it wasn't really for me. Um, I felt that I, I was very lucky and had a, an opportunity from a colleague of mine who uh, suggested that I come and work with him. And I think that sort of opened up my world to other avenues other than just uh, teaching in schools. I, um, I was always quite passionate in schools and I sort of found that uh, that doesn't always gel with other educationalists. Um, I loved my students and I tried to get the best out of them, but I just sort of felt as though I was, you know, going in a, a bit of a stale direction. So as I said, this colleague of mine gave me the opportunity and um, I went and worked with him. He saw that I was flexible enough to be able to latch on to what he wanted to do. He worked in a, a co large corporate. And so I um, reinvented myself at that stage, I suppose, and became executive coaching. So it was actually working with um, their executive management. And instead of attending courses, he'd asked me to come in and sit with them and work with them and educate them, I guess, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. <clears throat> that was sort of really the opening to uh, then an entrepreneurial world and, and, and a world that I hadn't really seen before. You know, I hadn't been in this one role of teaching and in, a, in schools and I'm going, wow, there's this there's whole other world out there and a whole lot of industries. And that I have to admit that teaching did give you a lot of skills that I think that um, a lot of educators don't actually realise. You know, there were negotiation skills uh, because you're always negotiating with students, you know, uh, communication skills, all of those sort of things, public speaking the things that I think a lot of educators don't realise that are intrinsic in their role uh, can actually be easily transferred into other areas. So I guess from there, I, I sort of started then working with corporates. Um, I then uh, opened up a, a small business with my husband in our local area. 
and I was working through the daytime and he would come in and work with me of an afternoon. But that sort of didn't really suit our lifestyle at that particular stage. It was it was difficult. I found that I was off, off, often working elsewhere and then coming back and we were both both sort of, you know, tired and, and it just wasn't working. So I decided to go back to formal work again, um, but uh, in an executive role. So I found, uh, I applied for and found a couple of executive roles back working in the city. Uh, so it was, even though it was a bit of a commute, it gave me those additional skills, I think, that I didn't actually have and, and increased the level of confidence for me. They were very public roles uh, and national roles. So I was traveling a lot. But again, I guess I found that I was tired all the time. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't able to give the sufficient time to my teenage children at that particular time. And so I sort of wanted to, to re-look at what I was doing and then the GFC hit. And that sort of was the, you know, the, the, um, the icing on the cake, I suppose. I lost my job. I'd, I'd just been poached to a position and I was only there for three months and I lost that position. And so... Um, I decided that if I was going to look at doing something different, I was going to be doing it in something that I was passionate about. So it took a while for me to really work out what that was and um, something that I think I could, you know, pick up and travel and do wherever I wanted to, to fit into my family and my lifestyle rather than just, you know, working specifically in one particular area. So that was technical writing. So I became a technical writer. I picked up quite a few skills in my corporate area and did and did some um, extra additional courses. Uh, and so the technical role became quite easy. I worked with a recruitment agency who found me clients. And then through my other executive roles, I was very lucky that other people knew me. As I said, because they were quite public roles in the project management um, sphere, people sort of knew who I was. So they were sending me jobs as well. And so that was quite easy. So I had a little bit of a sideline job uh, and I could fit it in around what I wanted to do. Um, my family thanks me because I was there for them when they, went, they were needed um, or when I was needed for them. And then um, through that, I sort of found my passion for wanting to write a book about my experience being sacked, I suppose, during the GFC. And so then I sort of subsequently, accidentally, I think, became an author. So I wrote, I write under Kate Beresford, but um, my name is Kathy. So my, uh, so um, I decided to reinvent myself again. Uh, my family always called me Kate. And so I went, right, Kate's the name I'm going to use. And um, Beresford came about because it was the road where I first grew up, which is quite funny. So, so that's how the name Kate Beresford came about. So I started writing my first book, Seven Sites, and that was based on my, that experience. I didn't want it to be um, uh, just a tell-all book, though, so I sort of decided to create uh, a character and so that character became Eve within that first book and then it became a quite fictional book so it's quite funny people who know me really well go 
I can see you in there, Kathy. And I go, yes, I am there, but it's kind of definitely a fictional novel. So that's my first book. And and um and so that that's sort of where I've been been heading sort of from then. So I still have a little bit of a a job, as I said. I still have clients that I work with and I love working with in my technical role, but I'm really heading into the becoming an an author. And um, as I said, I've I've published three books now. So I published Seven Signs. The second one was Bass Point Boys, and that's based around our local area. So Bass Point is a lovely literal forest, which is not very far away from us. And, um, and, and that sort of really came about as a result of a, um, a graffiti artist who, who lives locally, don't know who it is. And um, I sort of tried to imagine what their background was and where they were from. And then I guess being an educator, I sort of imagined that maybe they were a disgruntled child, you know, that had gone into graffiti. And so Bass Point Boys came about. Um, I wrote Roy off the back of that, and I'm just about to publish uh, Blood Blood on the Vine. And so that's my first introduction to crime writing. I've sort of really enjoyed the mystery side of both the other books of those and did a little bit more research and... Here I am being a crime writer, hoping to be the next um, Jane Harper, if I've possible. <laughs> I love it. You know, this is the story of, 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 of the journey, right? It's I didn't know where I was starting. I was skills I could acquire. There was insight and opportunity, which came through a network, which is such an important part of the journey. And one domino leads to the next, leads to the next. And I think yes, so often we think, you know, we need to have this roadmap really clearly leaned out that's not the way most of it happens for us and yes having some direction is great but pivoting and being flexible and saying this is the dynamic that changed I also love the word you used it's I got to reinvent myself and as many times as I needed between the genres I wrote the career the mix of family and now you know this new chapter that you're embarking on which is a really exciting one I'm curious as you look back, if you were to give yourself some advice or a piece of advice, you know, that would have helped on the journey, what do you think it would have been? Oh, gosh. Um, That's interesting. Probably just to have followed my passion earlier on. I really think that you become quite stuck in a position and um, I would advise anybody who, and I do, <laughs> and in, in the author talks that I give and, uh, and my presentations, I will often say that it's really about not being stuck. It's really about saying to yourself, I know that I can do this. Um, I just have to think about how I'm going to do it. Um, I give a talk on women supporting other women. Uh, to women's networks and in that I'm always saying to to the women audiences make sure that you if there's somebody within your audience who wants to go out and start another position or or start their own job make sure you support them because that is just so important so it's not only the reinventing yourself and being confident but I think people have to give you that confidence by saying, it's okay, I know that you can do it. You're a good friend of mine or, you know, I've seen you down the street and I've got every confidence in you. And I think if you can do that and build on that confidence, then you can take on the world. You can, you can really do whatever you want to do. 
So there's probably what my advice would be. Just there is, yeah, absolutely. There is a process of becoming. And I do think having having support along the way can accelerate the speed at which you travel. So I'm curious, you know, you were a self-published author. Um, what? Why did you choose to go that route? And what did you learn through that journey? What? <laughs> okay. Uh, why am I a self-published author? Okay, so... Um... I attend, when I first started wanting to become an author, I attended quite a few courses in uh, Sydney. Uh, They have some terrific author networks and uh, courses. And there was one particular author that I I really liked and uh, talked to her. I attended one of her courses and she was all about making sure that you're looking for the twists in, in, um, in writing your books. But she, she decided, so she was a, a traditionally published author and she decided to go down to uh, go down the route of self-publishing. And when I asked her why, her answer was quite simple. It was basically because you have more control, Kathy. You know, in the traditional publishing world, uh, my understanding from speaking to quite a lot of authors now is that traditional publishers, while they're fantastic and they've they may assist you to start off with. You've really got to do, you st- you've still got to do a lot of your own marketing. You've really got to do a lot of your own um, uh, distribution. So whilst they do distri- distribute, you've still got to take on a lot of responsibility for yourself. And one of the things that um, this author liked was the fact that she had that control. I think um, maybe it's my age. I probably thought to myself, oh gosh, you know, how long would it be before I become traditionally published and how long do I have to wait? You know, if you think about J.K. Rowling and some other famous authors, they'd written quite a few books, but they never really became well-known until, you know, they had so many published. Um, In doing my research, a lot of authors will say you need six books before you start to get noticed and 20 before you start to make money. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I wait, let me run wait. <laughs> if I wait for that twenty books, you know, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be well until really into my retirement. So I decided to. That's why I decided to go the self publishing route. Not that I'm so wouldn't not, not saying that I wouldn't like a traditional publisher to pick up my book and go, this is so great, Kathy, and we're going to take it and make a movie of it. That would be my ultimate dream. It really would. However, in the meantime, I'm quite happy going, you know, I'm, I'm a writer in technical writing, so I make sure that before I deliver on what I'm doing that I, I have it to a point where I think or I feel that the reader really would like to enjoy reading it. And I'm curious, you know, for you, for you because I know there's a lot of reasons why people want to be a published author. You know, sometimes it is commercial success and recurring revenue and retirement funds. Sometimes it's credibility, expertise. It's a marketing tool. It's an evergreen way to 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 build a road, leaping over steps um, in terms of other business goals. And um, for you, when you set out, what was success? What did you view as success in your journey as an author? Was it the fact you were published or was it something else? Ah, that's a good question. Okay, so um, I think maybe talking about, and as I said to you, I'm quite passionate about social justice issues. So I think maybe 
sharing that passion through my work. Um, I've written quite a few courses and part of the work that I do is actually online educational writing. So I've written a free course that I give away that is based on my experience on how to write a novel and what I first did. Um, and, and it's funny because the first book I, I always envisage, envisage was going to be a little um, non-fiction book called The Pocket PM because I was passionate about project management and I thought, you know, gosh, it's got to be an easier way rather than reading these heavy textbooks. And, I, and so I write it to write a summary of that. Um, but I think in, in terms of answering your question, I think it's probably the, the passion behind the social justice issues, the, uh, the wanting, wanting to get views out and, and get people engaged in understanding and feeling that um, there's so much going on in the world these days. And I think, you know, my passion and my, my um, uh, mantra, I think, is just be kind you know, be kind, be kind no matter what. And I really try to bring that through across through in my books, even in the crime book that I'm writing at the moment. I'm, I'm really trying to make sure that, that that is in the background. So that so you'll, you'll see in each of the books I write, there's social justice issues there. There's also that passion of just be kind to one another. I love it. It sounds like a big part of the goal was to spark the conversation. And I think that that, that, is, that is true. I, I believe if we just remember our humanness far more than we do, the world would be a happier, more joyful place and we would absolutely have better off as a human race. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, yes, that is a daily mantra in my world too. People say, well, how do you get success within your sphere? I said, show up as a good human being. It's a great place to start. <laughs> so I'm curious, as you cast your vision, so you've got a book on the horizon. Mm-hmm. What is the next mountain you want to climb? What's the thing that, you know, really is going to shift you? Because you said right now you still are straddling. You've got a couple of books published. You've got one on the horizon. You are still working part-time. What is the catalyst or thing that's going to leapfrog you to go all in? Or do you have that mapped out? What does it look like? Oh, gosh. Okay, so um, that's, a, that's a good question. Uh I suppose in any books, in, in any business, and p- part of the work that I have done in the past was I used to work for the government in coaching and supporting small businesses like myself. And I know this is taking a bit of a backward, backward step in our discussion, but um, one of the things that I did was I went to, we, in Australia, we have something called the business enterprise centres. And so what they do is they, they used to give free advice to small business startups and so I went to this small business startup and said, look, you know, can you give me some support and some help and tell me what I need to know and what are the foundations for starting a business and all the rest of it? And then I became so passionate about that, I think that my boss actually then said to me, you're so good at this, Kathy. I think you should go out and you should be, you know, become a consultant and business coach. And so I did. Um, and so I then worked for him and then worked for myself and uh, contracting and coaching and supporting other small businesses. And I think within any business, there's always a base. There's always some foundations that you have to start start off with, you know. So, so one of the things that I, one of the pieces of advice I guess that I would be giving people in my business startups would be say, you know, make sure you know where your cash flow is. That's that's a very important thing. Make sure you have a goal towards uh, what what you want to achieve within the first year and then the three years and then five-year plan and so on. And and so creating and having in that business plan is important. So if I go back to myself, 
it's quite funny. In terms of the cash flow, I always know where I'm heading. I don't always get there, but I at least know where I want to head. Um, and for me to take the next step, I'd say would be to transition from the cash flow of needing clients in my technical writing world to be getting those readers coming in and saying, wow, we live that really love this book and having having a bit of a replacement cash flow, I suppose, in, in, in my books that people want to read and then refer on to and, you know, give me reviews on Amazon and so on just in, in order for the, for the author to be able to um, sell more books. That's probably the first thing. I guess then it would be I love my speaking engagements. As I said, I'm quite passionate and about social justice issues and I think um, it's not just the writing of the books that I enjoy but it's actually the talking to other people and saying, look, you know, there are these social justice issues that you need to be thinking about and bringing that passion to them as well. So that's probably the next next phase of, of my engagement would be not just the getting the next the next three books out, which I want to do over the next couple of years, but also then increase those speaking engagements to be able to share my passion and for other people to be able to say, wow, you know, we really enjoy and we love listening to what you're saying. We want to now read your book. And that will automatically bring the cash flow through. 100%. And I think, you know, if I look at what you're saying, in many ways, it's, it's the same challenge that every entrepreneur has. It's I need to build a larger audience. Because you've got audience, obviously, to to buy more speaking opportunities, that that could certainly translate into more book sales. It's more book sales that creates also more uh, visibility that speeds mm-hmm. in terms of the speaking world. And this is always one of the biggest challenges. And I know it's one of the big challenges business owners struggle with, and as do authors, which is I'll build it, they'll come. And miss, I was going to say that momentum, not to yes. juggle. Yeah, that's right. It's to build that momentum around the audience. And so as my final question, it's, you know, what do you think is the is the most important step you must take to build that audience today in the next, you know, couple of months? What's the big focus for you to get that piece? So, uh, so yeah, building the audience. Okay, so doing things like this, you know, um, doing podcasts. Um, I've been learning a lot more about author marketing and building a platform. You know, I already had a website. I already have social media. That's already there. But I think it's all about uh, increasing that. You know, it's a changing world. And once upon a time, people wanted to talk to you face to face. But these days, a lot of it is about the online social platforms. And, um, you know, I'm having a conversation with you on the other side of the world. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, I think it's it's really getting yourself known through those media platforms and then people will want to say, oh, look, you know, she's I, I really enjoyed listening to her on that podcast. Maybe I need to come and get her in and, and have, a, have a chat to her at our next author talk at the library. So so I think that's probably where it's at is, is, is really building marketing yourself as a person uh, because believe it or not, no matter what business you are in, uh, you you are your marketing tool. So I think you, even if you're like me, a writer behind the scenes, you really still need to have a presence. You need to be talking to people. You need to be understanding what you look like, uh, what your business looks like behind you. Um, you know, to, looking at yourself from the out, outside in, that's one of the talks that I give is looking at your business from the outside 
in because, again, a lot of people forget to say to themselves, they, so, they get so entrenched in the, oh, you know, I'm just in this business, I'm working on this business, I'm, I'm, I'm in computers, I don't need to talk to people. But you really do. You really do need to be out there and, and having a chat and getting that customer service going. So marketing, I think, is one of the important components that I need to concentrate on next. And it's building that profile. Yeah. This is absolutely good. The gold nugget. You are your biggest advocate. It is really important. You're constantly building your status. We at the Evolpreneur After Hours want to wish you very best of luck with the upcoming first of your of your uh, crime novels. And guys, that's it. This is another amazing episode of the Evolpreneur After Hours podcast. Before you go, a couple of things. If you love this episode, we'd love a five-star review. And if you are an entrepreneur and wants to share your story and insights to help our community, we'd love to have you. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. And until next time, if you're an entrepreneur, go out and market yourself, create the waves of momentum. And remember, your dreams matter and you can make it happen. Kate, thanks very much for being our guest today. Guys, we will thank you for having me. Lovely to meet you. Thank you.